If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 74 of the Yappin' Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, November 29th, 2020. As always, let's get started by giving our shout-outs to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball9. And know what you don't know. And of course, our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also follow Darren on Twitter, he's the mastermind behind Grunt Talks MLB, at YankeeReport28, and follow them on all social medias at Grunt Talks MLB. Special thanks to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball9 for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And don't forget, guys, that you can help spread the word about Yapping Yankees every week as well, and stay updated on everything with both me and the Yankees by following me on all social medias. Follow my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds. 97. And obviously, don't forget to subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms it's available on YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Well, despite the circumstances this year, I do hope you all managed to still have an enjoyable and safe Thanksgiving with family and or friends. It was, for the most part, a really lazy weekend for me, guys, so I'm sorry if I sound pretty tired today, but I'm just always working my rear end off all throughout the week, every week, and I finally got to do some solid relaxing this weekend, so if I sound tired, that's why. I'm just really in a relaxed sort of mode. But again, I do hope you all managed to have a happy and safe Thanksgiving, and now that Thanksgiving has officially passed, another Sunday has arrived, which means, of course, episode 74 here today. And again, this past week, in typical fashion for some weeks of the offseason, not too much happened. But as always, I've still got some solid discussion ahead for today's episode. We're going to go a bit more in-depth on our starting pitching discussion that we've spoken about the last couple of weeks, specifically last week in the social media segment when I asked you in an open response question, which part of the team do you feel should be addressed the most going forward, other than, of course, re-signing DJ LeMahieu. And I, along with many others, said the starting rotation was the most important. And as sort of a continuation of that discussion, which I feel we already spoke a great deal about last week, we'll be talking about one man in particularly, and whether the Yankees should re-sign him or not. So we'll get to that in just a minute. And other than that, in Yankees news, we'll be talking about an announcement by the league on a game that had much anticipation surrounding it that was supposed to take place in the 2020 season, but was canceled when the virus decided it was going to stop all life as we know it. But the league announced that it has now been rescheduled for the 2021 season, at least for now. 
Granted, 2021 is normal or as close to it as possible. And it's a game involving the Yanks, and I'll tell you about the rescheduling of this game in Yankees news later on, along with quickly hitting on Michael Kay blasting Aaron Boone, who, in my opinion, and Michael Kay's opinion, really was just spewing nonsense about people's criticism towards Gary Sanchez. And deserved criticism, as we know, because Gary, regardless of whether you've defended him like I have or not, well, to put it bluntly, sucked in 2020. And we've spoken about Gary ad nauseum too in past weeks, so we won't go nuts on it. But Aaron Boone did have choice words towards people who criticized Gary Sanchez, and what Michael Kay had to say about it was a bit of a talking point from this past week, and I wanted to hit on it myself a bit and give my take on Michael Kay's reaction to Boone's statement, so that'll be a little discussion later in news as well. But for now, let's do this week's social media segment. And by the way, we are back to a poll for this week. So starting on Twitter, as always, this week's poll question about that one pitcher specifically is, do you want the Yankees to re-sign Masahiro Tanaka? Now again, the last few weeks we have spoken a lot about the Yankees team as a whole, particularly the starting rotation the last two weeks, especially last week. So if you missed last week's episode, I recommend you go back and listen to it because I mentioned a lot of things about the starting rotation in last week's discussion, including when I brought up a graphic that was shown on the Yes Network during Yankees Hot Stove, if I'm not mistaken. And that graphic was the 2021 Yankees projected starting rotation. And the projected starting rotation showed Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Jordan Montgomery, Davey Garcia, and Clark Schmidt. And I went in-depth on what I thought about that projected rotation. And if you're sitting here listening to this and wondering, well, where are Masahiro Tanaka and James Paxton? Well, they're obviously not on that list because they're both free agents right now, and there's no guarantee that they'll be back with the team. And by the way, I do promise you that this whole spiel will eventually lead to my take on this question. I always like to give my own take on this question before I get to the voting results and then your replies. But anyway, that's why Tanaka and or Paxton are not shown on that projected rotation in case you were wondering. But when I spoke about this projected rotation, I also also mentioned how when you really look at this, outside of Garrett Cole, who else can you really confidently trust after him? And I spoke about all of this last week, so be sure to go listen back to the episode if you missed it, but you have Severino, who's not coming back until basically the second half as we've established, and the Yankees themselves have said when they predicted his timetable. We of course know that he's recovering from his Tommy John surgery. So he's not even really considered a factor for the first half, so you honestly can't even really put him there. And as we've also said, how's he going to be after the Tommy John surgery? There's no guarantee that he'll return to the elite status that he was before. I mean, I hope he does, and with how young he is and how much talent he has, I'm confident that he will, but there's, of course, no guarantee that after a surgery like Tommy John, the biggest surgery for a pitcher to get, and after being off a major league mound for so long not facing live hitting, there is no guarantee that he will be what he once was. So with that, and the fact that he's not really a factor in the first half, just how much can you really rely on Luis Severino? I'm confident in the kid, as I said, but you also have to be realistic. Then you have Jordan Montgomery, who, as I mentioned last week as well, really came up big in Game 4 and had himself his fair share of good games in 2020, no doubt about that. But he was also very inconsistent. And yes, it was a very different season, but this was really his first full season back since his Tommy John surgery, which kept him out for basically all of 2019, except for when he came back at the very, very end. But he basically missed almost the entire 2019 season, and the later part of 2018 too, of course, because he went on the injured list to get to 
Tommy John surgery in September of 2018, if I remember correctly. So the very end of 2018 he missed. He missed most of 2019. He only started one game at the very end of 2019 and appeared in two games. And then he had to pitch in a very weird season, like that of the 2020 season, and he was very inconsistent. So again, just how much can you rely on him? And you guys happen to know I'm a fan of Jordan Montgomery's, but just how much can you rely on him? Now you have Davey Garcia, and he made his Major League debut in this wild 2020 season. So what a year to make your Major League Baseball debut in. But in this first year of his Major League career, he was fantastic, with the exception of one start at Fenway Park against the Red Sox. But except for that start, he was amazing, a shock to the entire Yankee community. And he really, really showcased his talent and showed really just what he's capable of. He has potential that is off the charts. And even when you go back to summer camp, when baseball was first starting up again back in July, when you go back to summer camp, he had a start against, I believe it was the Phillies in that exhibition game, and he had a really rough start. And again, granted, it's an exhibition game, it doesn't count, but he had a really rough start. And people really came down on him hard. Now, I and all other sensible Yankee fans really said, well, that could just mean he needs more development. I mean, people were really coming down hard on him. He sucks. He stinks. He'll never make it. This guy is talked up so high in the prospect system, and he did so bad. I mean, people really came down hard on the kid, but I really even said, and you can go listen back to the episodes from back in July if you want. I even said, well, listen, it could just mean that he's only 21 years old. The kid might just need more developing, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. He's so young. And on the other hand, you had Clark Schmidt, who did so great in summer camp, and everybody was calling for him all season long, even me at some points, especially when the injury started to kick in again. And what a flip-flop that took, because Davey Garcia, who was bad in summer camp, ended up having a great season, and then Clark Schmidt, who was great in summer camp, ended up coming up into Major League Baseball in his debut against Baltimore, which I'll be the first to admit, as I have many times, was in a really, really tough spot. I don't know if you happen to remember that game in Baltimore when he made his Major League debut out of the bullpen, but it was a really tough spot, high-pressure situation, and that night, and basically all of his other appearances, more or less, after that, on the major league roster, he really looked rough. So they both flip-flopped from their summer camp performances. And Davey, again, really just did a fantastic job. He really, really did. He opened a lot of eyes, including my own. And he's so young, so talented, so poised on the mound, not affected by anything, regardless of what's going on in the game. Whether he's pitching a gem or if he's getting slammed, has that same look on his face of determination, concentration, focus. He's definitely an elite competitor. And at that age, just makes it even more impressive. He is definitely special, but again, at that young age, and also in 2021, if it's a true full season, which he has never seen on the Major League roster before because he only pitched last year in a 60-game shortened season, and not even throughout that entire season. And at such a young age, and this is not me doubting the kid, I'm just raising a question— How much can you truly rely on that? I also happen to really believe in Davey Garcia, and I believe he can go out there in 2021 and do fantastic yet again. But can you really rely on the kid as much as you could rely on maybe a solid two or three starter? It's a lot of pressure and a lot to ask. And then you have Clark Schmidt, who I just talked about him earlier while I was talking about Davey. And again, granted, it was a rough season. You could really say that for basically all players who struggled last year. You could really attribute it to that at least a little bit if you want. Just how weird and never before seen of a season it was and how crazy the circumstances were. You could say that. But despite all of that, in the few outings he did have on the Major League mound with the Yankees on the Major League roster, he struggled. 
And again, I happen to think Clark Schmidt is crazy talented too. We've seen his stuff. It's electric. And his potential, again, his potential is off the charts too. But again, truly reliable. And these guys don't have to be as reliable as a Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is one of the best arms in the whole game. He's a rare talent. But I'm just saying, relying on any of those three after Luis Severino, who again, isn't even going to be a factor in the first half of the season. Granted, the 2021 season is normal or at least close to it. But again, relying on any of those three three, as much as you could rely on maybe a solid two or three after Garrett Cole, like that of a Trevor Bauer, or maybe even despite all of his injury struggles, a Corey Kluber. I would mention Charlie Morton too, but he was just signed to the Braves, so he's off the market. But relying on those three guys as much as those kind of names and a Garrett Cole, for instance, without a James Paxton, who I don't feel is returning to the Yankees. I've said that many times already. I just don't think we're going to see James Paxton in a Yankee uniform again. But especially without James Paxton, and even if Tanaka walks, are you comfortable with relying on those three names over another solid number two starter that you could acquire on the market in the likes of maybe a Trevor Bauer or a Corey Kluber to follow up Garrett Cole while Luis Severino is recovering, again, assuming that he is like his old self when he returns? The answer is no. You're not as comfortable relying on those three as much as you would if you were to acquire somebody externally like Trevor Bauer or Corey Kluber and one of them were to follow up Garrett Cole in the rotation. That would definitely be better. But, of course, you also have to factor in how much Hal Steinbrenner in the front office's financial belly aching impacts that possibility from even taking place, which is a whole other discussion that we've definitely also spoken plenty about, and it'll probably be mentioned even more so in the poll replies, I imagine. But in any event, back to the main subject at hand. That projected rotation that they put on the Yes Network and that I just went through with you again today, just as I did last week, for all of the reasons that I just named, it's really, really tough to rely on that projected rotation and feel comfortable with that heading into next season. That's why most people, including myself, recognize that the most important area to address on the team, other than, of course, re-signing DJ, is the starting rotation. And that's also sort of why I wanted to piggyback on that discussion from last week for this week's discussion and talk about how you guys feel about bringing somebody like Masahiro Tanaka back to potentially help you feel more secure and confident in the Yankees rotation, or perhaps not. That's why I ask this question, whether or not you want the Yankees to re-sign him. And honestly, me personally, we all know that Tanaka has his flaws. He has definitely had his rough starts. He's had his home run problems in the past. So he has his flaws, but hey, he's a human being. I feel like everybody has at least one flaw. But there are also so many positives about Masahiro Tanaka, especially in an era where the Yankees cannot stay healthy. And because of that, first and foremost, he is always there for the rotation both in times of injury and not in times of injury. And of course, the last few years, most of the times throughout the Yankees' seasons, have been times of injury. Injuries have killed this team. And all throughout... Even with that partially torn UCL that he's had for years now and has never gotten surgically repaired, he has been out there being the workhorse that he is for this rotation whenever the Yankees need him. Oftentimes, giving them starts to remember. He is reliable. And in this day and age, especially for the Yankees, but also throughout baseball overall, starters like that are highly valued. 
And I don't forget things like that. Secondly, he has that gamer mentality, that winning mentality. He hates to lose. He hates when he does bad. He is always hard on himself. And you really get that feeling that he truly cares about both how he does and how the team does, especially in times of hardship. It's written all over his face. And we've spoken so much about mentality in this organization. And I feel that the Yankees definitely need somebody with Tanaka's mentality. They want to win and anything less makes them miserable. There's also the fact, and I know that this could be disputed somewhat because of this past postseason in 2020, this is really the first time he struggled in the playoffs. Granted, when he struggled in one of those games, he was pitching in a typhoon, but prior to this year, Tanaka was always an elite playoff pitcher, which is vital to Yankees' success in the postseason. And I really hope that the struggles in this past postseason were just a one-time thing and he gets right back to it next year. That is, of course, if he comes back to the team. But his prior postseason success is definitely a big deal. And also, quite frankly, I just really feel like he personifies what a Yankee is. I really do. He's just a Yankee. And he's just one of those guys that I really have a difficult time picturing in any other uniform. You know those guys throughout baseball or any other sport, really. This qualifies for all sports, I guess. But you know those guys you look at and you're just like, man, it would be really tough to imagine that guy wearing any other uniform than the one he's in. And for me, Tanaka's just one of those guys. So because of those reasons, I would want the Yankees to bring him back. Because even if you take all the other reasons after my first reason away, just because of the concerns I raised to you before as far as being able to rely on those other names next year, Tanaka is just reliable. That was my first reason. You know what he's capable of. We've seen it time and time again, even throughout times of inconsistency. And even throughout so many games in which he's labored, where he's had to really work hard to get the outs, he just grinds. He really, really does. And again, particularly in times of injury and when the team desperately needs somebody to step up, he's there. He's reliable. And if nothing else, if you take away all those other reasons that I mentioned, I can tell you this much. That is enough reason both for me and many other fans, especially these days. As far as contractual discussions, I definitely think it needs to be a fair one, and I'm not overpaying for him. Say to the tune of two years, 25 to 30 million, or three years, 40 to 45. Maybe 12 and a half to 15 per. I think that's pretty fair. But if he asks for much more than that, especially because of all of their whining about their financial losses from the pandemic, I definitely see the Yankees letting him walk away. But if Tanaka is on board with accepting contracts around those amount of years and around that money, then yes, I am on board for bringing him back. Because as we've been stressing, despite his inconsistency, it's really tough to fully rely on those names from the projected rotation earlier, and Tanaka is reliable, and he brings some stability to the discussion. He just does. But as I also said last week when talking about the starting rotation, the Yankees' work can't end there as far as I'm concerned. I think they have more work to do beyond that, and I did say that getting one more solid starter, preferably a number two starter, a really solid option to go after Garrett Cole in the rotation like a Trevor Bauer. He's seemingly only looking for a one, maybe a two-year deal, but if you could re-sign Tanaka to a reasonable contract and get somebody like Trevor Bauer, now that would really be ideal. That would be my overall goal for the rotation and would really have me feeling comfortable with it heading into next season. Now, do I think that that's what they would do? I do not, because of all their belly aching about the financial losses from last year, but that would be my end goal with the starting rotation. Do I see the Yankees spending that kind of money by re-signing Tanaka and going after a Bauer? No, I don't, but that's what I 
I would do. I really do think that my approach would truly solidify this rotation for next year. But would they do something like that while being adamant about staying under the $210 million threshold for the luxury tax? No, I don't think they would. And I wouldn't expect a Trevor Bauer or any of those guys to come to the Yankees. I'd be shocked if they did that. Pleasantly surprised, of course, but I don't see it happening. And that's sad because while we know that the Yankees definitely must have taken their financial losses from the pandemic last season, as did all organizations, you have to imagine that they're still doing great overall financially. Because, come on, is anybody really sympathizing with the Yankees or thinking that they just all of a sudden got poor from the financial losses from the pandemic? This is the New York Yankees we're talking about. And I may not know the specific numbers because I don't work in the organization, but trust me, they are fine. They're the New York Yankees. They could definitely afford to take the path that I mapped out, but I don't think they will. And that's why while I'm expressing what I would like for them to do, I'm also being realistic and telling you whether or not I do think they would take that path. And I think a lot of people would be on board for them taking the path that I proposed, but I just don't think they're going to do it. But again, as I always tend to do, I digress. So for all of the positives that I named, and if it's a reasonable contract, that's key too, if it's a reasonable contract, then yes, I bring Tanaka back to the Yankees. And it would seem that a lot of people happen to agree with me. We had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of votes pile in on Twitter. And again, if you want to see the poll for yourself, both with the voting and the replies, you can go to my Twitter at Mike Scudero and see the poll for yourself on my timeline. And obviously be sure to drop a follow too. But if you want to see for yourself, that's where you can see it. Again, the question was, do you want the Yankees to re-sign Masahiro Tanaka? And of course, to give me your thoughts in the comments for a chance at a shout out on today's show. And the two choices, of course, were yes, you want the Yankees to re-sign him, or no, it's time to move on. And as I said, with most people agreeing with me, it is definitely safe to say that they did, because of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of votes that came in, 72% of you said yes, you want the Yankees to re-sign Masahiro Tanaka. And then the remaining 28% of you said no, it's time to move on. So a solid amount of you, of all of those votes, want to see Tanaka return. And you got my thoughts already, so let's hear yours. Down to the replies we go. Let's see here. Up first we've got at Laker477, and he says yes, but... Only if they sign or trade for another quality starter as well. Resigning Tanaka alone will not get the job done. Well, if you heard all of my thoughts from earlier, you would know that I agree with that because my end goal is to bring a reliable starter like Tanaka back and then go out and get somebody else after that. Preferably, although I know some people don't like him for their own reasons, but preferably Trevor Bauer, which I really think would solidify the rotation if you were to bring back Tanaka as well. So yes, I agree with that. Next up, my good friend Laura, at Laura underscore Icemont, and Laura says, yes, he's proven to be reliable over the years, and the Yankees would benefit having him on the team, especially with how the offseason is going to be for free agents. Yeah, definitely, this offseason already is unlike any other. There is much more consideration and contemplation when it comes to spending money. Organizations are clearly being much more careful, and as expected so far, it's been pretty quiet about a month in here, and free agency is in a state unlike it's ever been in. But yeah, I would say more often than not, especially in the playoffs, Tanaka has definitely proven himself to be a reliable pitcher for the Yankees. Next is at ST2Ponce, and they say, if the price is right, then yes, 
perfect four or five guy now. Yeah, I would say if the Yankees do the plan that I proposed and they were to go out and get a Bauer and bring back Tanaka, then in the first half with Sevi out, I would say that Tanaka would be the three in that rotation. But if they just bring Tanaka back and don't go out and get another starter, then he would probably be the two after Garrett Cole until Luis Severino's to return. And again, I'm only putting Sevi ahead of him if Sevi comes back like the Sevi that we know. Because as we stressed before, of course, after not being on the mound for so long and coming back from Tommy John surgery, there is no guarantee that Severino will be the Sevi that we remember. But if he is, he probably will be ahead of Tanaka in the rotation, you have to assume. That's how I assume the Yankees would put it. But yeah, let's say they go out on the market and get Trevor Bauer. And Sevi does return from Tommy John surgery being the Sevi that we remember and love. Then the rotation would probably go Garrett Cole, Trevor Bauer, Luis Severino, and then Masahiro Tanaka. That would probably be the one through four. So in that case, yeah, he would be a really good four. But again, this could play out a ton of different ways depending on how Sevi is when he comes back. If the Yankees do go out on the market to get another pitcher, who the pitcher is, if they decide to bring Paxton back too, which as I said before, I don't see happening. And of course, Tanaka himself has to return. So lots of different scenarios could take form. And any of those things could factor into where Tanaka would be in the rotation. At NYYFanForever96 simply says, yes. Alright, fair enough. At Daryl1960 says, if the Yanks don't re-sign Paxton, who does Boone have as an experienced pitcher in a possible playoff run? Of course, Cole, but who else? Severino? Is it for sure he's coming back? Montgomery? Nah. I'm comfortable with Tanaka in the rotation over Garcia or any other newbie. Well, yeah, I more or less said the same thing in my long spiel if you heard before. But what you said is plenty fair. Severino should be coming back around the second half. That's barring any setback in his recovery, though, of course. We heard the Yankees give that timeline for Severino a few weeks ago, and we spoke about that here on the podcast. And yes, Montgomery, although I'm a fan of his, I definitely did admit that he did have his inconsistencies this year year. And again, did he finish off nicely in game four against the Rays? Absolutely he did. But throughout the season, he definitely had his inconsistencies. And you can't really feel 100% confident in him. And Garcia, again, yeah, he had a terrific 2020 season. You really can't say enough about it. But can you 100% rely on him repeating that or maybe even being even better with such an important role in the rotation? Not completely. I'd feel more comfortable with an experienced veteran like Tanaka. So yes, I think your comment is more than fair. At Savage Empire Pod says, put his money towards Bauer. Yeah, I just wish they could do both. Actually, rephrase that. They could do both. It's just a matter of whether they would do both, because they could if they wanted to. I just really wish they would, but they probably won't. Up next is at 2170 Whitehaven, and they say Tanaka is very intelligent and can make quite a few adjustments during a game and to rest issues. He, however, needs spring training and develops his repertoire of pitches there. He did his best in a 60-game season, but needed more time. His big game experience and determination are A+. Well, yeah, and you could definitely say those things for any pitcher when it comes to the 60-game season. The circumstances were never before seen, and the season was wild. There were trials and tribulations that no pitcher could have ever imagined having to go through in their professional career. So yeah, hopefully that'll get better if next year is back to normal or as close to it as possible. But yes, his experience and his determination, absolutely. His mentality is elite, as I established earlier, and his experience in big games, definitely. Those are both very admirable and valuable qualities in a player. No doubt about that. All right, up next is at Matt Riley 01, and Matt says, his postseason ERA speaks for itself. Not many people are better than him in the playoffs. You're right, man. You are correct about that. 
Up next is at Denman8754. And Denman says, he's a good teammate. I believe in team chemistry. He's a very good number three starter, and he's only 32. Give him a three-year deal with a fourth-year option. Nothing crazy. Yeah, I mentioned the possibility of giving him a three-year deal or so. I definitely don't think the contract should be outrageous either. But yes, everything else you said is completely accurate. Good teammate. He could make a solid number three starter. He's only 32. Yeah, I definitely agree that he's a good teammate and he could be a very good number three starter. Depends on what happens with Luis Severino, of course. And if the Yankees go into the market and get another pitcher too, and who that pitcher would be. But I get what you're saying. And yeah, him being 32, that's still a good age. It's not old. And that's why I think that a two or a three-year deal would be completely fair. All right, let's keep going. Up next is Matt Canty at YankeeFan1551. And Matt says, I believe he can still win games and be an excellent mid-rotation pitcher who is a known New York performer who handles pressure well. Also a plus in the clubhouse and as a teammate and leader. I agree on all counts, man. I've been saying that all throughout. I completely agree with everything you said. Solid mid-rotation pitcher as the one just before you also said. Being able to handle the pressure in New York. Yeah, that's one that nobody's really mentioned yet. That's completely true. Just a big game pitcher overall. And yeah, a solid teammate and a leader in the clubhouse. Then up next, we had at Julian Guiarte 1, and Julian says, the Yankees have to re-sign Tanaka. There's no better option on the free agent market. Bauer isn't going to be a Yankee, and no one else stands out. Tanaka has his flaws, but he's reliable and knows how to pitch in New York. They could explore the trade market, but that's far from a guarantee. I think that's fair, Julian. I basically echoed everything you said. While I would definitely like to have both Bauer here and re-signing Tanaka, I do not think that the Yankees will be getting Bauer. And while I did also point out Tanaka's occasional inconsistencies and his flaws, basically, if you take Bauer out of the equation going out on the market, I mean, which other pitchers are really more reliable of an option than Tanaka, as I've been saying? That's basically the logic I've also been using. So yeah, Julian, a lot of that's basically what I've said too. It's good logic, and I happen to agree with it. James Celestin at Black Rebirth 52 is up next, and James says, I would re-sign him because we desperately need pitching depth, and Tanaka is not bad. And we have to wait for Sevy to come back, and you can have a rotation with Cole, Tanaka, another veteran, Davey, and Monty. Yeah, I mean, after going over that projected rotation that I've basically beaten to death at this point, <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious that the Yankees could use some pitching depth. I agree with that. Next here on Twitter is at OriginalUYF1950, and they say, I'd go two years, $25 million, about $12.5 million per year. If that's not enough, move on. Well, yeah, as I said before, I'm pretty much in the ballpark of anywhere from like 12-ish to 15-ish million. And as far as length of the contract is concerned, maybe two to three years. So yeah, I think that's pretty fair. From the Yankees' perspective, I'd be willing to do that because, as I said before, I'm also not willing to give him any outrageous contract. At MD Nelly is next, and he says, yes, but no more than three years, 42 million. Yeah, that's also pretty much in the window of what I said I would sign him to. So yeah, again, I think that's fair. Could he ask for more? Yeah, he very well can, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Or possibly even already has, since he's probably already been negotiating with them, you have to imagine. But I think that's a pretty fair price. At Peace Now for Life says, Yes, Tanaka has been a workhorse for the Yankees. He's a very solid pitcher who is reliable and dependable. Bring him back at the right price. Absolutely, and I've said the very same thing. Absolute workhorse, reliable, dependable, especially at the times, as I also said earlier, when the Yankees are getting massacred by the injury bug. And especially in those times, those are values in a player that mean a lot to me personally. So yes, I agree. At the right price, bring him back. 
at SportsD247-33772 says, No, but with what the rotation would be without him, we kind of need him, but no more than a two-year deal, and even that is too much. Well, yeah, I would definitely expect him to ask for more than a one-year deal. I would personally be shocked if he took that. So I would definitely expect at least a two-year deal, which I think is completely fair on his part. (laughs) I don't think two years is too much. At CBuneo531 is up next, and they say, I only said no because that UCL is starting to scare me. I mean, there's just no way he can keep going without it tearing at some point. Well, yeah, that's been a risk for years now. It's always been a risk. He's had that partial tear for years, but he's made his adjustments, and I don't really think there's been much of an indication of it tearing at any point. Do you? Have you seen anything? I mean, I understand that being a concern and being a reason why you wouldn't want him back at all, but if it's that much of a concern, you could still also bring him back on the short-term deal that I propose, maybe a two, three-year deal, so that, God forbid, something does happen with that UCL, you're not stuck with him for, like, five-plus years. So I guess that's a concern, but there's really been no indication to me or from anybody else, seemingly, that that's an imminent risk in the near future. I mean, it's always been a risk, and he's done a great job with it. That thing's been partially torn for years. All right, let's do a couple more here on Twitter, and then we'll move on to Instagram. We have at BobbyTat631 up next, and Bobby says, Yes, despite not having his best stuff, it wasn't the best year for a lot of players. He can still be a solid part of the rotation. Absolutely, Bobby, I totally agree. And yeah, as far as this past season, you can at least partially attribute the struggles of a lot of players to how weird this past season was. But yes, he could definitely still be a solid part of the rotation, no doubt. Alright, let's end with at Medic968, and he says, I voted no, but only because signing Tanaka can't be the only Yankees pickup for starting pitching. If they sign Tanaka and someone else that is a quality number two, then I'm okay with it. Well, as I've explained all throughout this poll segment, I want the Yankees to bring back Tanaka regardless. But yes, my end goal ultimately would be to get another starter out on the market, preferably a Trevor Bauer. I think that's truly what the Yankees need, to bring back Tanaka and to also go out on the market to get somebody else a solid quality top end starter and really the best one out there is Trevor Bauer or maybe even Corey Kluber but of course some people are more skeptical of Kluber because of his really bad injury struggles and God knows the Yankees don't need any more of those. But yeah, that would be my end goal too. Another quality starter and bringing back Tanaka. That is definitely what I would want too. But yes, regardless also, just because he's so reliable. And as we've established, there aren't too many better options out there right now. I'm bringing him back regardless. But I completely understand what you're saying about also wanting another quality starter. And the Yankees could do it. We all know they can. It's just a matter of whether they would do it or not. And you guys know what I believe when it comes to that. But guys, that is all for the Twitter replies for today. Let's head on over to Instagram to see how you guys voted and replied over there. And then we'll talk about our quick two things in Yankees news before wrapping up episode 74. Over on Instagram, obviously the same poll question applies. Do you want the Yankees to re-sign Masahiro Tanaka? And again, the two choices are either yes or no, it's time to move on. And in very similar fashion to Twitter, the choice of yes here on Instagram was victorious and earned 77% of the vote. And the remaining 23% voted for no, it's time to move on from Masahiro Tanaka. 
So the choice of yes wins by an even bigger margin here on Instagram. So it is very obvious how a lot of Yankee fans feel about Masahiro Tanaka's future with the Yankees. They want him back. So let's read a couple of replies from Instagram. First up, we'll do my good friend Tina at MountainGal456. And Tina says, I love him, Mike, but something tells me it's time to move on. Tough question because my heart tells me something else. I hope I'm wrong, but I did vote that it's time to move on. Huh. Knowing you, Tina, that's actually a pretty surprising answer. I would think that you would want him back. And I know you say that your heart says otherwise, but I'm pretty surprised that you voted that it's time to move on. Very interesting. We'll have to see what happens. Next is my girlfriend at Vic Salimo, and Vic says, I want the Yanks to re-sign Tanaka because we could desperately use more pitching depth, and Tanaka is a key starter. He's very reliable. Well, that's plenty fair. I happen to agree. Definitely need more depth, and as I and many others have said, Tanaka has certainly proven to be reliable more often than not. And last but not least, as always, is my mother, Julia Gina Scudero, and my mom says, even though I'm less confident about what he'll do, I know that it's not his time to leave. I still feel that he could definitely accomplish more with this team. Remembering how excited we all were when he was signed, I wish he had impressed me just a little bit more. But he needs to stay with the team. Let's go, Yankees. Well, yeah, we've established that Tanaka definitely has his flaws, and he's had his nights occasionally when he's given a disappointing outing. But if I had to say, I definitely think he's done more good than bad here. He's been a pretty solid Yankee, and he's definitely proven to be a reliable option. But I understand how you feel, and yeah, I definitely do think he has more to accomplish with the team. But I believe he'll be back. Whatever the Yankees do or don't do with the starting pitching market after they bring him back also remains to be seen. I really don't think they do much in that area because they're really being conservative with their money. We've spoken about all of that, but I do think for a reasonable price, Tanaka will and should be back with the Yankees. And it seems like most people share that opinion. But that is all for this week's poll segment, guys. Thank you all, as always, for interacting with this week's social media segment. Regardless of where you voted and or applied, whether it be on Twitter or Instagram, you know that I appreciate the heck out of it. Again, in case you may need a reminder for my Twitter and Instagram pages and how to find them, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Scudero and on Instagram at Mike Scuds. 97. And as most of you know, I usually put the social media segment question in my Instagram story. So that's where you could find the question on my Instagram. And on Twitter, of course, I just post it on the timeline. So it should be on my Twitter page. And obviously, as I also say every week, if I did not get to you, do not worry. Just keep on commenting. I really get to as many replies as I can every week, guys. So just keep a lookout for the social media questions every Saturday. Keep on voting. Keep on replying. And if you do reply and I haven't got into you certain weeks, I will definitely get to you in others. But great thoughts, as always, by all of you, and your interactions are always appreciated. I love hearing your thoughts every week. But let's keep the ball rolling here on episode 74 and finish up with some Yankees news. First up is the announcement of that rescheduled game that I mentioned to you in the beginning of the show. And that, in case you didn't already guess it, is the Field of Dreams game. For those who don't remember, that was supposed to be a game that was supposed to take place between the Yankees and and the White Sox earlier on in the 2020 season. Of course, it was completely scrapped when the virus happened and all sports came to a screeching halt and baseball schedule obviously had to completely change. The Field of Dreams game did not take place this past season as it was supposed to. 
And a lot of baseball fans, including me, were very, very excited about it. I mean, just the thought of it is awesome. For those of you who don't know what Field of Dreams is, it's probably one of the best baseball movies ever. At least to me. It's one of the best baseball movies ever to me. One of my personal favorites. It came out in 1989. It stars Kevin Costner and James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones is one of my favorite actors ever. And it's just such a nice movie. It takes place in Iowa. And Kevin Costner's character and his family are basically surrounded by acres of cornfields. And there's a voice that goes off in Kevin Costner's character's head, which leads to him building his own baseball field on his own property. And then after he does that a lot of ghosts of former baseball players from many, many years ago start to emerge from the cornfields and play baseball right in front of their eyes, right on the baseball field on its property. And in case you haven't seen it, I'm not going to say anything more about it. I don't want to spoil anything. For those of you who have seen it, you know how great of a movie it is. It's just touching. It really has a nice story to it. And before the 2020 season started, somebody came up with the idea of having a Major League Baseball game played in that area in Iowa where the movie was filmed. And it's just a really, really cool idea. I was really, really excited for it for this past season. Then, of course, the virus ruined everything. And now, almost a week ago, this past Monday, the league announced that they are rescheduling scheduling the Field of Dreams game, which I am, again, very excited for. It was to take place between the Yankees and the White Sox this past season, and it will still take place between those two teams, the Yankees and the White Sox, in that area where the Field of Dreams movie was filmed, but now it has been rescheduled for August 12th of 2021 next season, and I cannot wait. And it's even cooler because on August 12th, that actually happens to be my girlfriend Vic's birthday, so that'll be pretty cool. So come next year, Vic, and I know you're listening, Happy birthday on that day. Your birthday gift is getting a Field of Dreams game. <laughs> so enjoy that. But no, I'll be getting you something, of course, I promise. But that's a pretty cool side gift, no? Pretty cool gift for all of us. I know I'm amped for it. So again, something to really look forward to next year. The Field of Dreams game will be taking place on August 12th of 2021 in Iowa, where the Field of Dreams movie was filmed. And just like it was supposed to be in 2020, the teams playing there will be the Yankees and the White Sox. I can't wait. That's going to be really cool. And for those of you who haven't seen Field of Dreams yet, I definitely recommend you watch it. One of my personal favorite baseball movies for sure. And I'm really excited to see this game played next year. But also in Yankees news today, as I teased at the beginning of the show as well, we had Michael Kay's reaction to Aaron Boone defending Gary Sanchez and saying that the criticism of Gary Sanchez was over the top. Now, Aaron Boone said this, and before I get into this, I want to make it clear that both I and Michael K too, because he even said this before he got into this rant of his, we both understand, and everyone, almost everyone at least, understands that you will probably never see Aaron Boone speak negatively about his players, at least in public. We understand at this point that that's just not the kind of manager he is especially with Gary Sanchez, and this is just even more evidence of that. So again, Aaron Boone said that the criticism of Gary Sanchez this past season was over the top, and people didn't look at the good things that he did enough. And Michael Kay, on his show, The Michael Kay Show, basically blew his lid when he heard this, and he had every right to, and I completely agree with him. Because while we don't expect Aaron Boone to speak negatively about his players, I think it's pretty obvious that people like us expect to at least hear realism. And Michael Kay said by saying things like this, Aaron Boone is going to inevitably lose credibility. And he's right. 
Statements like this are why so many people do not take Aaron Boone seriously. We know that he is by far not the only one calling the shots with the Yankees. We have established this a million times already. But this doesn't help his case, saying stupid things like this. The criticism was over the top. What game were you watching? What catcher were you watching this past season? I even said it a few weeks ago. There was a line that I had, and I completely stand by it. I said that watching Gary Sanchez in 2020, both at the plate and behind the plate, was an absolute chore. I said that a few weeks ago right here on Yapping Yankees. It was a chore to watch Gary Sanchez play baseball. And it was. And I know that some people nowadays don't care about batting average, but that was just one of many stats that reflect his abysmal season. It was through the ground. The strikeout rate was through the roof. And not just like an ordinary spiked strikeout rate because that's just the way the game is nowadays. No, it was even worse. It was horrendous. And I get that he's a home run hitter, but he really didn't even do that well this season at all. And the ones that he did have, I believe they made up for like half his hits all season. And behind the plate again, even with his new one leg stance, which I know was just designed to help him with the framing of the pitches. It's not to help him block the ball. I mean, that was made very clear, especially by what we even saw with our own two eyes behind the plate, that that was definitely not to help him block the baseballs. I'm, of course, referring to the stance where his one knee would be on the ground. But in my eyes and in the eyes of many, that really didn't have an astronomical improvement on the framing of the pitches either. It did at times, obviously, but it also depends what kind of umpire you have calling the game behind you. And to me, that stance really didn't even have that astronomical of a difference. So at the plate, behind the plate in all aspects with the exception of a couple of good moments which everybody's going to run into every now and again if you're a professional baseball player I would hope but with the exception of that Gary Sanchez was a chore to watch this year and like other people have said with certain other players you could partially attribute it to the fact that it was a weird season the circumstances were never seen before and they were absolutely wild some players may never have been able to adjust to them and it may have just been too much but the fact remains the same. Aaron Boone said that this past season, the criticisms were over the top and people wouldn't pay attention to the good things that he did. Well, maybe because there was barely anything good. There were a couple of good things here and there, but it was so rare. It was so rare. The bad was so overwhelmingly prevalent. How could you expect people to talk about the good more? At that point, you're just not being real. And Michael Kay rightfully erupted at that statement, saying that Aaron Boone is losing credibility by saying things like that. And he's right. A lot of people already don't take Boone seriously. Even I don't sometimes. It's perfectly reasonable to feel that way in certain situations. But statements like this certainly don't help the cause. They definitely don't. And it just really is boneheaded. But again, we expect Aaron Boone to make statements like this, but when they do, it's nonsensical and irritating. It just makes it seem like their heads are in the clouds. The Yankees overall, meaning. And you know what? Gary Sanchez himself probably knows that he stunk this year, and I'm glad that he's doing winter ball so he could hopefully improve and turn it around. But whether you defended the guy in the past, like I did a lot of the time, or not, that defense at some point just had to come to an end because he was just straight up 
brutal this past year. And the last three years, although he's had many more good moments throughout 2018 and 2019, his health has at times been an issue, and his performances still weren't anything iconic or legendary, it seems like he's been on a downward trend, which at his age, he's supposed to be in his prime right now. His prime. He's going into his late 20s. So I just really, really hope for his sake, because I happen to think 2021 should be his last chance. How many years are you going to give a guy, especially a guy that's supposed to be in the heat of his prime right now? But I just hope for his sake that with the hard work they say he's going to do this offseason to try to turn his career around, that he really comes back in 2021 and just murders baseballs and also improves more behind the plate defensively. Otherwise, his career as a Yankee might come to an end, and I really won't have much to say to defend him at that point, just like I didn't at many points throughout the 2020 season, because there comes a point where you just have to be direct about something. The backup catcher Kyle Higashioka started way more playoff games than Gary Sanchez did this year, and he even started Game 5 against the Rays, the win-or-go-home game, and he played in it up until the very end when Gary Sanchez came in defensively, so even that speaks volumes too. So all in all, I agree with Michael K, and although we all expect statements like this from Aaron Boone, it may be in his best interest to dial back the over-positivity just a little bit for his own sake. Just saying. That's my opinion on it. But other than that, guys, as I said earlier in the show, not really much else happened this week. As far as DJ LeMayhew, I'll mention that for just a minute here. I told you where each side mainly stands, and that's really the same as of this week. DJ and his side seem to want five years. The Yankees are trying to stick with three. Again, maybe they can meet in the middle for four. Or if DJ's side is really, really determined to stick with five years, as I said last week, and I still stick with this opinion, I am not deviating from it. I think DJ has earned that fifth year if he is determined to get that. And the Yankees need to man up and just give it to the man because the Yankees need him. And that's just a fact. The Yankees need DJ LeMahieu in that lineup. And you know what? Especially with the infield defense being as poor as it was this past season too, they also need his glove. So I'm sure the two sides are still negotiating right now. Obviously, everybody is keeping a watchful eye as to what happens with those negotiations. I think it's plenty safe to say that all of us would love for DJ to return. We have spoken about DJ so much these last few weeks that I really just wanted to get away from that discussion just a little bit, but at least mention it just to update you on what's been going on. So that's where the two sides still stand as of now, and we'll see what goes on with this and everything else until I talk to you next week. But as for now, that is all for episode 74 of Yapping Yankees today, guys. Let's give one last shout out to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball 9. Ball 9 brings you some of the best baseball content out there. Baseball stories, old and new, articles, roundtable discussions, suggested baseball podcasts like Yapping Yankees, and more. Visit Ball 9's website, ball9.com, and follow them on all social medias at Ball 9, and know what you don't know. And our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content and where they feature yapping Yankees. Be sure to also follow Darren. He is the mastermind behind Grunt Talks MLB, and you can follow him on Twitter at YankeeReport28, and follow Grunt Talks MLB across all social medias at Grunt Talks MLB. Special thanks, as always, to Grunt Talks MLB and Ball9 for helping spread the word every week about yapping Yankees. And also, guys, don't forget to follow me on all social media 
media so you can keep up on the latest having to do with me personally, along with the Yankees and Yapping Yankees announcements, content, and Twitter and Instagram social media segments every Saturday. Head on over to Facebook and follow my fan page, at Mike Scudero NY. Definitely be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Mike Scudero, and on Instagram, at MikeScuds97. And I'd also really appreciate it, guys, if you took the time to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel. The YouTube channel continues to grow, so please be sure to subscribe to it if you haven't already. And also subscribe and always listen to Yapping Yankees on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And while you're at it, why not listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes that you've missed? Episodes 34 up to episode 74 today are available on YouTube, and all Yapping Yankees episodes, including today's, are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Yapping Yankees is available on all four of those platforms, so do help spread the word and tell everybody you know to listen to Yapping Yankees. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. I have been your host, Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, December 6th, the last month of 2020. Thank baby Jesus himself. And I'm totally not saying that because Christmas is coming up. But I'll talk to you next Sunday when I come at you with episode 75 of Yapping Yankees on the 6th. Until then, guys, hang in there, be patient, please stay safe, look out for your loved ones, and as I've been saying for weeks now, Yankees, re-sign DJ. Have a good week, guys, and take care. (laughs) 